On this episode of Narcissist Apocalypse, we talk with a survivor named Raina, and Raina was in a 10-year toxic relationship that had her wondering who she was anymore. It's a story of holding on to hope, pedestals, cancer survival, and breaking the trauma bond for good. Welcome to Narcissist Apocalypse, a podcast that gives a voice to survivors of toxic relationships. I am Brandon Chadwick, but my friends call me Chad. And thanks for tuning into this episode. So what is a narcissist, you may ask? Well, for the purposes of this podcast, we refer to a narcissist as anyone who has displayed a pattern of behavior that shows a limited capacity to appreciate others' perspectives. It is that simple. And now, before we get to our episode with Raina, I just first want to thank everyone in the Narcissist Apocalypse community for listening to the show and sharing your thoughts by email, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Also, a reminder, if you have not left us a review on whatever podcast service you use, Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, CastBox, etc., etc., please do leave us a five-star review as it helps out the show a lot when it comes to rankings. Now, if you have not been to our website recently at NarcissistApocalypse.com, please do go there if you want to be part of our show. Yes, at the top of the page at NarcissistApocalypse.com, there's a button there that says Guest Form. You click on that, it takes you to a form. You fill out that form, it comes to me, I write you back, we have a back and forth, and eventually we might do a recording. But another way to be part of our show is to also go to our website at NarcissistApocalypse.com and to be part of our Letters to My Narcissist compilation episode. We have a voicemail recorder on our website. There's a button on the right side of the page. It says send voicemail. You press that button. It records up to five minutes. You need more than five minutes, press it twice. Press it three times. You know, press it as many times as you need. We are accumulating these letters for a volume five of our Letters to My Narcissist compilation episode. But if you don't want to read the letter yourself, send us an email at NarcissistApocalypse at gmail.com. Me or my old pal Melissa will read your letter instead. And please put letters to my narcissist in the subject line. What else do we have at our website? Guess what, everyone? We are still offering high-conflict parenting courses at NarcissistApocalypse.com slash courses. Yes, we have partnered with Online Parenting, and many of the courses we are offering were created by Bill Eddy. And if you've listened to the episode last year with a divorce lawyer named Helen, you'll know that Bill Eddy is an expert in dealing with these individuals in court. And he's now helped create many parenting courses to help you through divorce and to help, your, your, to help support your children too. These courses are the most widely recognized courses by family courts across the country. 
So if you want to support the show and are looking for guidance, please do go to NarcissistApocalypse.com slash courses. What else do we have for you here today? Let's see. Oh, our Patreon. Yes, we started a Patreon. If you want to hear episodes that never made it to air, follow up episodes with former guests and much, much more, please do join our Patreon. We release content on there every week. I'll be posting something today and hopefully later on this week with Melissa as well. Uh, So please do become a patron of our Patreon at patreon.com slash Narcissist Apocalypse. And what else? What else? Oh, I got a lot written here. Are you ready, everyone? So before we get started with the show today, just a little bit of a warning. There is a moment on the show where Raina does discuss the thought of suicide, so a trigger warning for everyone there. Also, just to explain, as you'll soon find out here, uh, that Raina and I do know each other. We don't know each other well. I could probably tell you three things about Raina before we did the show. Uh, so it may sound like we have known each other for a very, very long time. But in reality, this is by far the longest conversation we've ever had. Besides things like me saying or her saying, are you watching the Raptor game tonight? What do you do for a living? Or my personal favorite, you know Yafid too. Isn't he great? So this episode was the first one I've been able to do face-to-face since the first episode I did with my old pal Melissa, and it provided a much different dynamic, as you'll soon hear. I'm much more involved in this episode. I'm, you know, the the conversation's going. I'm just, I'm in there more often. Uh, We were able to see each other's faces right up close, so it actually provided a lot of uh, humor for us because we could... Kind of just see the looks on our face and see what was going turning in our in our brains and things along those lines. So it provided us with a lot of humor, Um, and you know, um, when it comes to Reina, you'll also hear like she's very much moved past what's happened. Uh, She's in a very good place now, Uh, so it's a pretty uh, animated uh, conversation. And we had fun uh, recording uh, this episode. So I will stop right there with that. And I guess the last big thing, I just hope that everyone out there is uh, doing okay, you know. And if you're struggling, come to our support group on Facebook if you need to vent or you need support. I'm also a big fan uh, of Reddit and their narcissistic abuse uh, subreddits. And to the person who I spoke to yesterday morning, uh, a big shout out to you. I hope you're doing well. The Patriots won and big hugs. And lastly, to my boss, who I don't shout out enough, my boss, you kick ass, one of me, big hugs and big love for me today. And now it's time for the show. Here is my conversation with Raina. Welcome to Narcissist Apocalypse, everyone. With me today, I have Raina. How are you? I'm great. Happy to be here. So, uh, the circumstances of how this episode came about, so everyone knows. This is, uh, I'm excited today because we're in person. Yeah. 
in my uh, shoebox of a room here. Up close and personal. Yes. Uh-huh. And uh, we know each other from... The same coffee shop. The same yeah. coffee shop. I don't know if we should mention the coffee shop, but um, that's up to you. Uh, yeah, we. it's the coffee shop. It's called Mallow, everyone. If you're mm-hmm. in Toronto, you should go there. <laughs> yeah. A, a, lo- a lot of us hold court there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's and, actually kind of scary how often I go to this place. And, yeah. um, you know, Raina is a regular. I am. And yeah. so is Brandon. Yes. And yeah. there are a bunch of other regulars yes. uh, there, too. So, oh, my God. Um, it's a little community there. It's great. And uh, this morning, I was wearing a hat that said the name of the show on yep. it. Narcissist Apocalypse. And I, I sort of went like, wait a second, there's a pod- there's a poster about a podcast about narcissists and then I didn't even put it together that it was his podcast. And it was me. <laughs> so I said, I got a show and you were pretty much, do I got a story for you? <laughs> yes. A story that uh, has been, uh, you know, burning a hole in my brain and in my heart for the last, uh, last, I don't know, decade or so, or like just over the course of, you know, my experience with, uh, the person we're about to discuss. All right. So after all of that, everyone, as usual, I'll do my usual thing here. I'm going to get out of my way <laughs> and your way. Raina, the floor is now yours. Um, before, before the, the ex, um, I was, you know, I, I'm a very, how do I call it? I'm the type of person who kind of, I fly by the seat of my pants. I, I like to sort of live life to sort of with, I mean, I have goals. I have um, things that I want to do with my life, but I don't like to really make a whole lot of big, huge plans because I like things to kind of just happen when they happen the way they're going to happen. And, you know, I've been, the other thing is that I, like I've been in relationships. I've been in long-term, I'm, I guess I'm big Um, relationship person. And it wasn't like I ever meant to be that way. I've just always found someone that I've really wanted to be with. And I thought for, you know, each, each one of these people, I've always felt like, okay, there's something pretty special here. And I always thought it was going to last longer than it did. And, you know, so I say, I'd say in my life, I've probably had four very meaningful, um, long-term relationships. And, um, most of which have, you know, um, ended amicably. Um, uh, but then up until the recent one, it wasn't so amicable. <laughs> so, so you were used to healthy relationship. Yeah. I you, mean, you, healthy, it, as healthy as, you know, relationships can be, especially cause I'm a, you know, I'm in a creative field. Um, the people I've been in relationships with have usually been in a creative field. Um, and so sometimes that can be, that can be tough when you've got two creative brains, kind of right brains, just, um, working together. Um, it can be a little bit tumultuous. Um, but sometimes that's fun. Sometimes that's, that can be very interesting. Um, but, uh, before, before my last relationship, which was a a 10 year, um, 10 year long relationship, but in that 10 years, there was multiple, multiple splits. I'd say probably five breakups in that 10 years. So I don't even know. We'll get there. Yeah, I know. But I'm just saying before, like, so before this relationship, I was a very happy person. I wasn't, you know, my life is not very dramatic. I'm a very lighthearted, very easygoing person. I don't like drama. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I 
I think I led a pretty pretty normal life. And before those relationships, you grew up regular family oh, life. Yeah. My my family life was extremely traditional. Like I grew up in in a, a town just outside of Toronto, like suburb. Um, what town was I, that? Do I, I, should I say, okay. I'm, I, I, you know, um, went to a traditional high school that you would, you think you would see in the movies. Um, <laughs> you know, like, uh, what are, what are those like typical sort of nineties high school movies? Um, and, uh, where there's tons of cliques. I was a music nerd, you know, I, uh, I had friends, but I wasn't a cool kid. I wasn't popular. I was, uh, I was quiet. You were, uh, the main character in She's All That. I- Exactly. Not as well. That's extreme. She was a she was a, an outcast of in many ways. I was not like that. I was pretty social. I had a I had a great social group. I had um, had great friends, but I definitely was not like you know hanging out in the atrium with the cool kids. Like I'm pretty sure I wasn't even allowed in there because I wasn't cool enough. But. Um, but I didn't care. All right. Yeah. And I have my parents, you know, my parents are very traditional. They've been married for over 40 years now. Um, they live in the same house that I grew up in. Um, my sister and I are very, very close. She's nine years older than I am. Um, but, uh, we've, she's always been my, my biggest support system. Um, I have a niece and nephew who I adore, uh, family, you know, extended family that I love. So, you know, my life is pretty, is, typically pretty normal except for the fact that you know like I work in and I work in the music industry um as, as part of my job so that can be kind of like up and down and so in that sense my life isn't necessarily that normal but I kind of like it that way seeing as like everything about my life is pretty normal up until the point where I decided to become a, a singer songwriter for a living and then that kind of that kind of took the normal out of my out of my life I think okay yeah which is which I like and as far as your belief system of uh, relationships or <laughs> marriage, um, is anything in there that, like, uh, along the lines of, um, you know, relationships take work um, and, you know, you go through some rough times uh, and you just have to kind of work through that? Is that something that was is big in you? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I mean... My my view on relationships has been somewhat altered um, in the last the last little while, but um, you know because I had such a traditional upbringing, uh, my parents are very happy. My sister and her marriage, like they're very very happy. I have some friends who are like have great marriages, but on the other side of it, um, you know I've seen a lot of divorce. I've seen a lot of um, heartbreak and and things and, and relationships that I thought were solid, you know. Um, and they and they clearly weren't. Um, but uh, you know, I do believe that a relationship takes work. Um, I, I do believe in monogamy when you have when you've found that right person. I think that monogamy is important. Um, I'm a jealous person sometimes, so I don't think I could handle being in a relationship that was you know like polyamorous or anything like that. Um, I just think that if you have intentions of of cheating or having an affair going astray, then that's that's that should be that should be the end of the road. Um, you know, just be honest about it. You know, I I've made mistakes in my past. I've maybe had a few. You know, back in my early days, like in college, I probably did some things that I shouldn't have done in, in relationships. But that that was then. I was young. I was I was. Uh, 
I was stupid, you know, um, thought the grass was always greener. And, uh, so now, you know, I'm in my thirties, I'm in my late thirties, which is freaking crazy to say. Um, can I swear on this podcast yes, by the way? Can, okay. <laughs> okay, good. Cause I swear like a freaking sailor. Okay. So I just want to make sure I don't need to bite my tongue. Um, yeah. So what was I saying? Um, yeah, but, but now like, you know, in my late thirties, I definitely think that, you know, at this point in my life, like I don't, I'm not, I, I don't need to be in a relationship where I have to worry, you know, about this person going and, and being with someone else for a night. Like I have friends who are polyamorous. They, they're fine with that. I'm not. Yeah. That's just my view on it. All right. So now we got here mm-hmm. and you know, you ended your last relationship and, uh, the one before the narcissist and, you know, after that relationship, did you say to yourself, I am taking time off or you met this person like right away? I, I met this person as my last relationship was coming to an end. Okay. Um, I had zero intention of, of jumping into another relationship, especially with this person. Cause when I met him, um, you know, I, I felt like he was, he wasn't my, my, my type in the sense that like, I sort of felt like he was a bit of a bad boy, um, which was very attractive to me, but my relationship before that was very safe. And then, and then in walks him into my life. And, um, we met, we met at a bar through mutual friends. Um, and interestingly enough, we actually went to the same high school both grew up in Oakville, like around the corner from each other. And that was kind of comforting to me. I was like, okay, yeah. I mean, I looked at his picture in the yearbook and I went like, oh, I remember you actually. I, re- I remember seeing you around and we knew a lot of the same people. So that to me, I was like, even though like you're kind of like you're edgy and he's a creative guy, he's a writer. And, um, I, I just thought like, that's kind of like my safety net right there is just knowing that we kind of had the similar upbringing, um, and that we knew some of the same people. Vouch tour. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, again, I had no intention of really pursuing this seriously. We had a little fling and, um, we got together a few times and then, um, just we just kept seeing each other. And then I think just, you know, chemistry and things just happen and you can't fight it, you know? So then I thought, I guess, okay, I guess I'm jumping into another relationship here without meaning to. And, um, there it was like, it was, it was like a very fast, like very fast. I was, I was sucked in, I was sucked in, I was pulled in very quickly. And I, I, I think I was in love with him within the first like week that we were together. So what were the types of, were there things that were like over the top that we consider like love bombing that like really were grand that you haven't experienced before? Yeah. I mean, it was just, he's a very charming guy. Like he's a very charming guy and he's very funny and he's witty and he's really good with compliments. And so like he can make you feel like a million bucks. You know, and he made me feel like a million bucks a lot of the time. And as far as like um, future plans or shared beliefs, um, family oriented things was like whatever you like, did he like or were things kind of said where um, 
first, not at first, but his, so his family was upbringing was much, much different than mine. So his parents split when he was in his early twenties, um, terrible, terrible divorce, like really nasty. And I think that's sort of what shaped his view of, of relationships is that marriage doesn't mean anything. And he's pretty convinced that, that his dad had multiple affairs. Um, and, uh, you know, so, so, are definitely our family lives were very, very different. He's got three brothers, sorry, two brothers and a sister. So there's four of them together. I only have one sister. Um, their relationships are all very like they're it's, it's difficult. Like they, I mean, they all love each other, you know, they're siblings and they love each other, but, um, a lot of fighting, a lot of fighting in that family, like to the point where to me, I felt, um, I was like, I don't belong here. Like, this is not my, this is not my jam. I, I can't, I can't take this. I don't understand this dynamic at all. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I think there was no real, like, I don't know. What was the, you were asking me if. Like if there was like, uh, it's called like mirroring. If there was like a future, okay. like kind of stuff or. Um, he definitely uh, sort of within the first within the first sort of like six months, it seemed to me like he was trying to make he was definitely trying to make me happy and yeah definitely telling me things that I that I wanted to hear and um, you know we threw out the the love word very quickly um, and uh, yeah like I it's really you know it's it's kind of tough because it was so long ago and I'm trying to I'm trying to pull up you know, these, these memories of, of how, and I think a lot of, a lot of what's happened is I've kind of, I've kind of buried a lot of it. Um, because it was very, it was very hurtful. Like I was, I went through like some very emotional times during that, uh, during that relationship. And, and, um, yeah, so I'm trying to dig up, I'm trying to dig up a lot of these details. Did he play the victim a lot? Um, he, so one thing that he used to do a lot was, um, he would mention that he's sort of like a damaged guy, you know, he's because of his upbringing, because of like, you know, the industry that he's in, he's dark, he's a dark guy and he's, um, you know, he's not your traditional kind of, kind of guy. And he was never really into, into marriage. And so, um, when he said like, I just don't, I'm not, marriage isn't my thing sort of thing. I, you know, I kind of went like, all right, well that sucks. But, um, if we love each other, does it really matter? And so, um, so yeah, I think he, he sort of threw out that card of like, I'm, I'm like a bad guy and like, you shouldn't want to be with me kind of thing. And for everyone who's listening, uh, as we all know, uh, sometimes when the toxic narcissist says these things they're telling you the truth (laughs) yeah and we don't register you don't register that it is the truth it's hard to compute like when it's being said to you but it is the actual truth and Mm -hmm. and eventually you found out that yeah this person uh was damaged and and yeah they weren't that great of a person right right so like you know let's say within um you know, six months of us being together when I was like, really, my heart was in it. You know, I was, I was, I thought this was going to be it. And, um, and then he broke it off for absolutely no reason. And, um, 
he couldn't even give me a reason. And, uh, yeah, so I was like, I was devastated. And, um, you know, it was just, I, I sort of knew, I kind of, I kind of sort of could sense that something was up cause he was being pretty cold to me. And then, um, you know, I had gone out to, to buy some groceries. I was going to make us this big dinner and, and all this stuff. And, um, yeah. And then he just kind of went like, you know, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And then he wouldn't even give me a reason and just said, I'm going to drive you home. And I was like, okay. And yeah, I just had no, I had, I had no closure on that at all. Like just, just boom, done. And, um, so, so that was the, that was definitely a pattern in, in our relationship where it was always him like throwing these bombs at me, um, breaking me down and then coming back and, and repeating the cycle over and over and over again. So my next question is, is there any part of you that felt here's this bad boy, charming, um, good looking? Yeah. Yeah. His whole entire, it's actually infuriating. His whole entire family is is beautiful. (laughs) Is, Interested in a lot of these things that are right up my alley. Mm-hmm. Is there a part of you that says to yourself, um, he chose me? Yeah. 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 It felt good because I'm like, he's checks all these boxes. He's interesting. He's edgy. He's fun. He's funny. He's good looking. And um, he so, keeps me on my toes. And then, yeah. Like, yeah. He chose me. So, he, he chose so, me. So he could yeah, have yeah. anyone. Yeah. Yeah. And I was his first long-term relationship. Yeah, I was his first long-term relationship. He hadn't really been in, with anybody serious before me, you know. So that felt good. That felt good. I was like, man, like this is like I must be really special to him in some way that in some fucked up way that he, you know. So let's discuss um, uh, just one thing before we uh, even get to what I was about to say. Uh, that only makes sense to me because. <laughs> What I just said, but can you see the, can you see the hamster yeah, going going on in my, in my head? Uh, <laughs> um, as far as his need of other people, um, did he constantly need um, praise? Did he constantly need other people around him? So, not constantly need other people around him. If anything, he was actually a bit of a loner. He was a visual artist. He was also, and he was a writer. Um, he's also um, a professional athlete as well. So, and everything in his life, like he was always trying to show everybody just just how amazing he was at these things, even though he'd always sort of be like self-deprecating about it. But it was very much a one of those things where he would he needed validation um, from me, from from his family, from his friends. Um, and I mean, we all need validation. We all need to feel like we're we're doing well in life. But um, for him, it was a very like it it was it was extreme. It was extreme. So within that first six months. Uh, is he devaluing you in any sort of way? Has anything like that happened? Um, well, okay. So he, he has a best friend from high school that, um, you know, I, 
he wasn't a bad guy. I was nece- I wasn't necessarily fond of of hanging out with him because the two of them when went then when they would get together, it was like toxic, and they you know they fed off each other um, in a very like in a kind of in a scary way, and um, like a lot of cocaine, um, so much drinking, um, and so during that that first six months when I sort of started feeling like things were a bit weird, actually, sorry, no, this was, Oh God, I'm getting mixed up here. So I should clarify that, you know, so he broke it off and then I insisted after a couple of days that we get together and talk about this. Cause I'm like, you didn't give me any reason to do this. So just at least just entertain me and tell me why. So I met up with him at the, at his apartment and we talked and, uh, and then he said, you know what, like, I'm sorry, like, let's, I, let's not, you know, let's get back together. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, like, I don't know what I was thinking. Let's, let's get back to, to this. I'm so sorry. I was like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I, I want to be with you. And then, um, and then that's, so, so during the first six months, I didn't really notice then the, those tendencies, those typical narcissistic tendencies until later. So, so it was a very slow burn, I think, um, when it comes to those, those little things. Um, a 10 year burn, a 10 year burn, which like is kind of embarrassing to even, to even say. Not on this show. No, I know. But I mean, sometimes I look at, I just, just to myself, I'm like, how the fuck did I like I'm a like I'm a I'm a confident I'm a you know I'm a good person I deserve good things I think and I'm like why did I feel like I deserved that you know why did I keep putting myself through that um so got back together and then that's sort of when shit started to get weird and you and I talked about this sort of like just before we started the show is that like you know, you don't want to see, you don't want to see these, these sides of this person. Like when you're sucked in, when you love someone like this, the way that I loved him, you know, like I didn't want to admit to myself that these things were happening and any, any signs, any red flags that I saw, I completely, like, I dismissed them. It was like, I just wanted to pretend that they weren't there. And, um, so, you know, he started going out a lot more with his, with his best friend and they would go out and it would be, you know, he would call me at, you know, two, three in the morning cause he'd taken E, you know, and then he would tell me like just how much he loves me or something or, um, and, uh, it just kind of scared me. I was just like, this is like not really my jam, you know, like I don't, I don't do drugs. I don't, I mean, I like to drink sometimes, but like, I don't, I don't do drugs. But then again, I was just like, well, if this is who he is, like, and I, you know, all, everything else is so great that like, I'm just, you know what, that's his life. That's his thing. I can, I can forgive that. That's fine. Um, but, uh, but he just, he would he would go out and he would be very secretive about like where he was going, who he was going out with, even though I knew he was going out with this friend of his. Um, and there was a few times where you know he would be on his phone and he would definitely he'd do that thing where like they would like kind of hide hide the screen from you because he didn't want me to see what was on it. And he he always did that. He always did that. And I'm like, what are you hiding? And. So I have, I'm kind of ashamed to admit that I did check a text message that came in once and, um, it, well, there was a, a conversation between him and his friend and it said something about how he wants to borrow his friend's apartment one night 
to take a girl home. And yeah, I, I just like, I was, I was shocked and that his friend actually said, you know what, like you shouldn't be, you shouldn't do this. If you're, you should break up with her if you're going to do that. And that's when I was like, oh, he's actually a better person than I thought he was. He's a partier. He likes to do drugs, but he's not a bad guy. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I, yeah, next. Yeah, go ahead. So did that throw you into a rabbit hole? Oh, my or, God. Or, I Yeah. I, or what? Or, or like, did you confront him? I did. Okay. Yeah, I did. And it took me, it took me a bit of time. Um, but he, so he was out with his friend again, um, at the, at the local pub. Um, and you know, I went in and I was definitely not in a good headspace and I sat down and I, um, I just said to him, I was like, were you, are you like, are you cheating on me? And I, and here's the thing. I didn't want to admit that I had gone through his phone. Mm-hmm. So, um, I just said, like, is there someone that you're wanting to see, like, on the side? Like, do you have something going on? And and um, I think I actually just said, like, oh, I, I saw, like, a text on, on your phone from that maybe give me, like, a bit of the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> you know, like, it kind of freaked me out. And um, I don't remember how I, how I brought it up, but... Um, and he's like, oh, no, no, like, you know, there was someone that, like, I, I thought was cute, but, like, I didn't, you know, I didn't act on it. He's like, I'm really sorry. And um, he's just, and he gave me, like, he, you know, he put his arms around me. He's just like, you know, no, no, like, nothing's going on, nothing's going on. And I still think back to that time, and I fucking, like, I I, I want to kick my, I want to punch my, my old self and just be like, what the fuck? Were you think like, why did you believe this? Like, why did you believe him? Like, I'm pretty sure that whatever he was talking about happened and I was just too fucking naive to, um, to believe it. And is it, uh, were you also scared in a way that if you did like, um, go down the rabbit hole of questioning more and not believing it, that it's over right there and you're just afraid you don't want, you're, you're so hooked with him. And at this point, you know, because we describe it as like a heroin like type mm-hmm. yeah. addiction yeah. that you don't want it to end in And if I keep going, if I keep poking at him about it, that he's just gonna be like, you know what, fuck this, I'm out. Yeah. So yeah, those types of behaviors just kept happening over and over and over again. Um, but again, I just I would just ignore them because whenever we when we were in a good place, it was great, you know. Um he was very complimentary. He would um always sort of like, he'd always take me out for dinner, take me to these fancy restaurants. And, and, um, yeah. So I was just like, that's, you know, that's what I want. Like, that's the good side of him. Um, but then there was the dark side that I would see. And that was when he would sort of, it was almost like he was trying to, there's a lot of times when he would try to sort of like outsmart me on certain things or make me feel kind of stupid. Um, and then he'd also sort of belittle, not belittle, but kind of make me feel like I wasn't doing enough in my life, um, in my career, um, in my personal life, you know. Um, and I, I sort of, at 
some point I really started feeling like, fuck, like I, I'm not good enough for this person. And, um, you know, cause I saw what was going on in his life and everything that he was doing was, was so spectacular, you know, like he was working on these TV shows and he was, um, you know, he was a, you know, an athlete and like just everything he was doing just seemed to me like he's got everything together and, and I feel like a piece of shit. And at the beginning of your relationship, he was lifting you up. He was lifting me up. He would come to recording sessions with me. Um, he started coming to see like more live music with me. You know, he was, he was trying to see, he was trying to get into my, into my world, which I appreciated. Um, and, uh, you know, when it came to seeing my family, um, he turned into a different person. Like I could see that he was acting like it wasn't, he was definitely putting on like a, a mask for, for them. And, um, you know, at, at some point, like I, I sort of do think that there were parts of that that were genuine, but, um, I always sort of looked at it going like, this isn't like, you're, you're just putting on this show for, for my family to make it look like you're this saint right now. And, and you, you are not, <laughs> you are, you sir are not a saint. Um, but, uh, yeah, then, you know, it was like breakup after breakup after breakup and none of which were, um, instigated by me. It was always him, which is embarrassing to say, but, um, but every time we would break up, it would be like, we, he would slowly sort of work his way back in to my life, whether it was, you know, an email or a text message or a like on Instagram or something like that. When were all the, all the breakups were done by him? Yes. And what were, uh, at a certain point with some of the breakups, what were the uh, reasonings behind them? Were you starting to put a... No, there was never a reason. There was never a reason except for just... I just don't love you anymore, hmm. you know? And so when, let's say the second time that happened, the, I don't love you anymore. What happens to you after that? What are you thinking? How are you feeling? And um, I was devastated, but you know, I, I sort of just threw myself into, um, into creative, the creative process. Um, I did, I wrote a lot of songs, um, about him, um, you know, and, and he would hear them and then, you know, I don't know if that's why, like, he, it kind of, like, made him feel like, okay, you know, I should give her another chance kind of thing. But, um... Did you ever see it in a way where you would do that, he would go listen to it, and he would probably be there, oh, I've done this to her, and she's still pining for me, oh, this is going to be easy to reel her back in whenever oh, totally. I want her. Oh, yeah, So yeah, how yeah. long would the, I guess, the time apart be? Um, You know, like a few months. Like there was one where it was like about a year. Um, But we would always see each other. It would always be like, you know, you want to go for coffee or you want to go grab a drink. And then like we'd have sex and then... um, You know, and he'd be like, we're not going to... This doesn't mean we're not, we're, we're not getting back together. And then he would just continuously... Like he would find... He would see a picture of me you know, on Instagram or something with someone else. And then he would try to find out through friends, like mutual friends, who that person was. And then find out if, you know, if I was with that person 
And then if there was any indication that maybe that was someone that I was interested in, he would find a way to get in touch with me and then reel you back reel, in. Reel me back in, yeah. And during that, those times, he's seeing other people. I don't know. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Uh, so with the devaluation it's, that it happened and you're feeling not, you're not good enough, um, are there other things that he, he's doing besides... You know, the, the put downs, um, is he, um, you know, obviously that's sowing seeds of doubt within yourself. Mm-hmm. Are you starting to self-regulate about uh, your behaviors and things? Uh, yeah. 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 Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Like I, I really tried to, at this point now I'm trying to do everything that I can to make him happy, you know, so that I don't upset him or I don't, um, I don't disappoint him. And so like, I really tried to, um, sort of conform to whatever, like to what he wanted me to be. And, um, so I really did sort of lose, lose myself. I re- I didn't know why I was in this relationship except for the fact, I just knew that I loved him. Do I know why? No, but I just knew that I had this, like this tether to him that I really, I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to cut. Mm. And, um, yeah, it was, it was really, um, it like, it kind of, it just broke me down and to the point where I, I, yeah, I just lost, uh, I lost myself in a lot of ways. And so I'll just let you know, like a lot of the, the, the worst behavior, like didn't happen until the last like few years of our relationship. So what happened in there? So, so if, yeah, I mean, if we want to fast forward a bit, like, um, when, you know, okay. So, um, in the earlier days, he did mention to me that he wanted to move to LA because, you know, he's in the film industry and that's where people go. And, um, I was like, wow, okay. That's like a pretty big, big plan. That sounds great. And as the years went on, um, that, conversation kept coming up. Um, but not, you know, it was never really, it never really seemed like it was that serious. It just, it was just an idea. It was an idea that was maybe going to happen. And his brothers are also in, in film as well. So it was like this plan that the three of them were going to be down there and they were going to, you know, write scripts and all this stuff. So the Canadian version of the Baldwin brothers. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, so, you know, then, then down the road, he says, like, this is actually something I really want to do. And um, so we're we're out one night and again with his friend um, and we're saying goodbye. And uh, his buddy goes, dude, shakes his hand and goes, good luck in L.A., man. I'm going to miss you. And I was like, what? Wait, what's happening? And we had just gotten poutine on Queen Street. I was like, why is he saying good luck in L.A.? What do you mean? Like, well, I'm, I've made a, a plan to go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move down there, like, pretty soon. And I was like, what the fuck? I'm like, I find out this way? What? And I just, like, I took the poutine and I smashed it on the ground, which is terrible because I love poutine and I was really disappointed. Um, He's like, well, I I told you. And I'm like, 
you told me it was an idea. Like the, it's something that might happen. I didn't know it was going to happen like, like now. And he's like, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then um, he's like, I was going to tell you. And I just didn't know how. And I'm like, well, this is definitely not the way that I should have found out about this. And so we're walking back to his apartment and um, he's like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Like, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. And then we made the plan for me to move down there with him. Um, so he, yeah, he and his brother, um, you know, they found a place and they ended up going down like a couple months before I did. I needed to get some things together. And, you know, obviously it was a, a big decision um, that I was making and one that my family wasn't really super happy about, but they're, you know, I'm a big girl. I make my own decisions. Um, and so, yeah, he went down and he was down there for a couple months before I went. And then he came back to get a few things. He flew back. So yeah, he needed to pick up some more stuff. And, uh, he's, he calls me when I'm staying at my parents cause I'd given up my apartment and I'm, you know, saving up some money so I could fly down. And, um, he comes by and he goes, I can't, you can't, you can't come with me. And I was like, what are you talking about? And, and I like, I'd already actually thinking back to it. I'd already actually bought my ticket and I was like, I've, I've bought my ticket. Like I have, and I have, I've made connections. Like I need to, I need to fulfill this. He's like, well, you can't like just cancel it. Don't come. I was like, oh my God. Like, what am I supposed to do? He's like, I don't know, but you can figure it out. And I was like, holy fuck. Okay. Did you want to stab him at that moment or did you want to cry? I, oh, I was, I didn't know what to do. I was just, I couldn't even cry. I was just so shocked. I was like, okay, this is happening again now. Like what the fuck is happening? So, um, I got out of the car and I was like, why are, like, why are you doing this to me again? Like, I just need to, I need to do this on my own. I need to do this on my own. So I was like, okay. So I figured some shit out and and then I, I called him and I was like, look, I know you don't want me to come down there, but I've made this plan. I changed everything in my life to do this. I'm fucking coming down there and I'm staying with you until I find a place. I was like, you at least owe me that. And so I did. And I, I went down and I, I stayed at his place and we made it as amicable as possible. Um, and then I got a job and uh, I ended up staying um, with the person I was working for. He's very generous. And, um, so yeah, I didn't have to live with him anymore, but again, it's like, you know, we're in LA together. Like we're, I mean, not together, but you know, we don't know very many people. So we ended up hanging out. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, and, and, um, my God, it's just, it's so stupid. I'm just like, I look, but you know what? Moving down there was probably the best decision I ever made because I, I made amazing friends. I made amazing connections. So we were, we were n- not technically together for the first year um, that we were both down there. But, you know, we decided, okay, like, well, we're both here. We might as well support each other, or be friends or something, whatever the hell fuck that means. Um, and then... Um, At the, can I ask you one yeah, question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At this point... You know, you're telling your friends and family what you've broken up how many times at this point? 
probably four, three. Four. Are you complaining to your friends and family, or in a, and then you don't complain to anyone? No. You're, this is all silent mm-hmm. anguish. Yes. Because I was embarrassed. That's I was. A- I was. I felt. I felt so stupid. I felt so stupid. Did you, I, did you feel like if you said it out loud to someone, then you had to end things? Yeah. 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 And I guess one thing I, I haven't asked yet, did he have rage like kind of issues or yes. uh, tell me about that? Okay. So I didn't really see the side of him until the last, um, maybe the last year that we were together. Um, but if I can just, you, if I can you, just you, go back yes. and just sort of, so, cause it kind of leads into that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we did eventually get back together in LA. Then I started having some health issues and um I had to move back to Toronto. I was diagnosed with cancer. Oh, you didn't know. Yeah. So I um yeah, I had to move back here to get tested and then when I found out what the diagnosis was, I was like, Well, I guess I'm not going back to LA and I'd already I'd been living there for three years. You know, so that was a big part of my life and to just sort of like up and move back and, and not look back. It was like, it was, it was terrible. It was really, really difficult. So, um, I essentially had a long-term relationship or sorry, a long distance relationship with him during my cancer treatments. And, you know, he would come up and visit me and stuff, but he would always go back down. And so, like, during all of my chemo and everything, he wasn't here. So he, yeah, it was like, it was like I was doing it by myself kind of thing. I mean, I have family and stuff, but, like, you know, you want that person to be with you. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that was that was really fucking tough. And, um, you know, he kept saying, well, I'm going to stay down here because I want to keep our place you know, I want to keep my job. I want to make sure that we have a place to live. Like when you're done your treatments and stuff and you can move back down. I was like, well, I don't know if that's going to happen. Like I, I can't predict that. I have no idea. And so it was at that point, you don't know if you're going to live at as that well. point. I don't know if I'm going to live yeah. exactly. So, um, you know, it was, did you feel that like he didn't take you a life and death situation seriously enough? Well, so here's the, here's the kicker. So after I was diagnosed, so I'd say about three weeks later, he flew back to, to be with me. Um, and he was here during my surgery. Uh, but just before my surgery, just before Christmas, he proposed to me. And to me, looking back, I see that as something that made him feel better. And I think it was like one of those things where he wanted to feel good about, you know, I don't know. I was just, it was something to, to sort of just make him feel good inside. Like he did that to make you feel good about whatever was going on. So you'd feel this other thing. Yeah, that I don't was know. Positive. I, I just don't know that it was a like a genuine. really genuine thing. Um, proposal, mm-hmm. you know. And then of course, um, we had the back and forth. He was flying back, and you know, we were just doing long distance during this whole thing. And um, he, you know, when we'd see each other, he'd just be like, you know, I'm I'm there for you. Um, I want to support you. You know, you've got this. And then there would be other be other times when he would say things like, you know. I feel like I caused your cancer. 
where I was just like, what? What does that mean? And he was implying that, like, because of, like, all of the breakups and all of the heart, like, the heartbreak that I went through with him, that that was what caused my cancer. And I was just like, that is ridiculous. Like, what are you talking about? And, um, you know, to make it about you, like, now, yeah, now you're making it about you. So, but it's, it's all these, like, in hindsight, these things that I'm realizing now. Um, so, so then eventually, like, when we realized how long I was going to be in this battle for, he did move back here to be with me. Um, and then, you know, but it was really rough. Like, we weren't in a good place. We weren't in a good place. And, um, 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 <laughs> Raina. <laughs> um, I love that I can look back at this and laugh. You know, that's a good feeling. I, I hope that everyone one day will be able to do that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I have a dark sense of humor. So, yeah. like, whatever happened with me, I, like, how ludicrous some things <clears throat> were, I can laugh mm-hmm. and be like, yeah, that yeah. was just fucked. Yeah. Yeah. So at least I can do that now. Um, but, um, so there was one night, you know, and this was, this was, uh, sort of during, I was still going through treatments. Um, it wasn't chemo anymore, but it was, it was an, it was another drug that was intravenous, but it wasn't nearly as harsh. So I was recovering, I was getting better, but I was, you know, I was still physically, you know, weak and, and, um, you know, mentally also exhausted and, um, you know, trying to figure out where my life is going now. And, um, so he went out one night with some friends and I, I know it was a crazy night. I know it was. And, um, so he comes in and he's just stumbling into the apartment and I had been asleep already for, for hours. And, uh, he gets into bed and his phone, like he just basically like he threw everything on the floor and his phone had fallen out of, of his pants. And, um, he hadn't turned the ringer off. And so it's going off. It's like ping, 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 ping. So one of him is his friend and he's going like, Hey, what happened to you? Um, and then another one is from a girl and it's saying, Hey, I was looking for you. Um, couldn't find you, but, um, you know, maybe I'll see you again sometime, something like that. Something along those lines. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, what the fuck? So I, I, was like, I couldn't even lay next to him. I, I got up and I moved to the couch and I didn't sleep. I put on a movie and I just, I should have, I mean, he was so dead that like, even if I tried to confront him about it, then it wouldn't have even like, it would have just been a waste of breath. Um, but, uh, so, you know, I'm asleep on the couch and the next morning he wakes up and he's looking for me. Where are you? Where are you? I'm like, I'm on the couch. So why are you on the couch? And I said, there was a text message from a girl last night on your phone. You, you didn't turn your ringer off. And I got up to turn the fucking ringer off because it was keeping me awake and it kept going off. And there's some girl texting you, asking you where you are. What the fuck is that? Like, oh, it was just, and he gave me some bullshit excuse about like, um, how, you know, it was someone he was trying to set up with a friend of his or something like that. He seemed to be really quick with his uh, 
like uh, responses. Oh yeah, he yeah. could lie. Oh god, his like, lying was, was, he really, was he really smooth as it was like plausible? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like oh no, that's like that's nothing. That was just you know. Um, we had, we knew someone in common, and then I was going to try and set her up with this friend of mine. It was some stupid, like, you know, excuse like that. And and you know, deep down, I I was like, I don't, you know, I don't believe this, but this is, you know, this is this is what it is. This is my life, and we're engaged to be married, and you know, and then. Um, I finished all my treatments and I was given, you know, the remission, uh, label and then he left again. He broke up with me again. As soon as you went into, as soon as it was like. Pretty much. Yeah. Like not even, I actually hadn't even had that appointment yet, but I was done my treatments. Um, we were living in, in a condo down on Queen street and we were subletting it until we found a more permanent place. And, um, yeah, he just, uh. Like one morning we woke up and he was just, it was like, it was like, he was like Eeyore. There was like a dark cloud over his head and he was just like, I, I, yeah. What was that word you use? Eeyore? He was like Eeyore. What's that? From Winnie the Pooh. Oh, I, I guess I was never a Winnie the Pooh person. <laughs> oh my God. The, the, the little, the little donkey with the, the, the pin on tail. No. No Oh idea. my God. No okay. Idea. We gotta, we gotta fix that. <laughs> I don't know if I want that to Oh be my fixed. God. Winnie the Pooh. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, anyway. Um, yeah. I, I watched the hilarious House of Frightenstein when I grew up. Oh, you okay. Remember that show? No. Oh. <laughs> I so, was Winnie the Pooh. Uh, you were the hilarious. It was out of Hamilton. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Vincent Price was the, was the uh, narrator of the show. Okay. You never watched it? No. Oh, it was a scary kid show. It was fantastic. Oh, okay. Weird, because I like scary kid shows. Um, ugh, yeah. So he's just like, okay, I'm gone. And then, and then, of course, he goes like, well, maybe we can do counseling. Maybe we can figure this out, but not right. I need, I need time. I need time. I, and then he kept saying things like, you know, I've got, I've got PTSD from your cancer kind of thing. Like, I've got, like, your, it, what happened to you really affected me. And I'm going, yeah, but. It was me like, and I get, I get that cancer can affect people around you too. I, I totally get that. I've had, I've had family who've, who've suffered from it as well. And it sucks. Like my dad, my uncle, you know, I, and it, it's hard for the whole family, but to say something like, you know, I've got PTSD from this whole experience is like, are you blaming me now? Like, is this my fault? Like, what the fuck? Like, anyway, so now he's gone and you know, he left a bunch of his shit in the apartment. And, um, I just was like, I then after that went into like just a cold, like just a downward spiral. And, um, yeah, so that was terrible. That was a, and we had already had our, our wedding date booked. Um, and so what I did was, um, I took our wedding date, which was supposed to be in two months. We'd already sent out our invites. We paid for the, the, uh, location. And so instead of a wedding, I threw a cancer fundraiser. Oh, that's nice. And raised $10,000 for my hospital. What did he do? He asked me to change the date because it was too hard for him to know that our wedding date was going to be spent 
during doing this fundraiser. So what year are we in here? Like this is nine? 2017. So, but you're, oh. you're nine of the 10 like years? Like nine-ish, yeah. Around okay. nine years. So in the evolution of this person, you know, n- now in year nine, you've dealt with a lot of stuff, but now you're dealing with like a different kind of guy here. Yeah. Yeah. This is someone who definitely sees like that the world, like thinks that the you know, everything is sort of like he's a magnet and things, everything just happens because of him. And like my cancer because of him, he doesn't like just, um, he doesn't want me to have my, our wedding, my, my fundraiser on our wedding day because it's going to hurt him. And, and so I was just like, wow, oh my God, like who is this person? And, And you at this time, you've gone through everything that happened before cancer. He leaves you. You're devastated. How are you feeling about yourself? Um, you know, you're, where's your self-esteem? And oh, it's all totally things. down the tubes. Yeah. And like, I, I, um, you know, I was saying before how, like, I felt like I totally lost myself. Now at this point, I don't even know. I can't even look at myself in the mirror anymore. And, um, so, you know, I tried to rely on friends. I tried to just bury it by just going in and I was drinking a lot. Um, you know, even though I'd had, I'd had cancer treatment, like I started drinking. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it was, it was, it was nasty. Um, so I started taking Ativan just to try to go to sleep. I wanted to just sleep all the time. Um, I kept, you know, just like having dreams that, you know, I, like, and just reliving the breakup over and over and over in my dreams. Um, it, um, because of the Ativan? I don't know if it was uh, because of the Ativan, but uh, it just made I, me I, sleep. I, I got addicted to Ativan. Oh, shit. And uh, it gives you really weird dreams. Yeah, I've had I've had weird dreams on Ativan. I'm not sure if that was, if that caused all of the, the, the like, flashbacks like in my head. Like really vivid. Yeah, yeah. Like really far yeah. out there <laughs> dreams. <laughs> And that could be fun sometimes, but, um, yeah. Not when you wake not up. Not when you wake up. Not when you wake up and it gives you worse uh, anxiety than you oh had God. before. Yeah. No, no. Definitely not. But, um, yeah. So, um, I, I decided to go to LA, um, just to get away Went for three weeks. Um, and then of course he's checking in on me, seeing what I'm doing, um, you know, he called me, he would text me, he would send me messages on Instagram, seeing how I'm doing. When are you coming back? All this stuff. I'm like, what the hell? Like, um, so, you know, and of course, because I'm a nice person and I, you know, like, and I still love him stupidly. I, um, I would respond and I would communicate and, uh, I got back and then I had to, you know, I found a, a quick apartment just to jump into to sublet while I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. And, um, yeah, I, uh, what did I, oh yeah. And then that's when I, yeah, I came back and then, then I had the, the fundraiser mm-hmm. and then that's when he was just like, change the date of the fundraiser. Cause I'm, my feelings are hurt. Cause fuck you. So, um, yeah, and then uh, I went, and then I moved down again for six months. Yeah, I decided just to get the fuck out of here because I was still like I was on a. I actually ended up in Cam H 
um, because my anxiety was so high. Um, I was having panic attacks every day um, where my heart just felt like it was going to beat out of my chest. And so I, I had a friend of mine actually came and picked me up from my apartment because I had a, I had a blackout moment where, um, and I, I was also just living in a place that wasn't mine. I like in an, you know, I, I never, I didn't feel like I was at home and, um, at a moment where I actually had pulled a knife out and I had stuck it like in my arm, like, and it had, it had just drew a bit of blood and then I kind of snapped out of it and was like, what the fuck am I doing? And so I called my friend and she, she and my other, one of my other best friends like came and picked me up and, um, I went and I stayed uh, I stayed at her apartment and then, you know, I thought I was okay. I was like, okay, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. And then just, you know, a couple more nights went by and I called her again and I was like, I need to go, I need to see someone. I need to talk to someone. And I was, I was out of control, like couldn't stop crying. I was like hyperventilating. Um, and then, uh, yeah, they sort of, they admitted me and I, um, ended up seeing, speaking to, uh, a psychiatrist and then, um, I was there pretty much like all night and then, um, yeah, they, yeah, I, I went back, you know, so they sent me home and then they said, please come back and, and see us tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll book you an appointment. And, uh, so yeah, I went and saw a psychiatrist and, sort of talked my pro- about my problems and she's like, well, obviously, you know, like this is something that you need to deal with. And, uh, so yeah, they diagnosed me with, uh, with depression and like, but it wasn't, it's not a depression that is, it's, it's, um, it's induced by it's a situation. Induced by, it's, it's situational depression, I guess is what it's called. Um, and so yeah, a few months go by on that. And then I ended up, uh, getting onto anti-anxiety medication, which fucking changed my life. Um, it made me, you know, not dwell on things as much anymore. Um, and then of course what happens? Guess, guess what happens? I'm going to guess. You got reeled back in. I did. I did. How this time? Um, just, I don't know. I think we just, I mean, so I was, I went back to LA. I went to, to LA for six months and, um, when I was there, you know, again, you would just, you would message me. He even came down and he said it was for work. I don't think it was, um, maybe partially, but, uh, you know, when we saw each other, we had a great day at the beach. So stupid. Um, and then, you know, of course I start thinking that, you know, there's hope again for this to for, for us to get back together when I, when I get back, but I still had three months left in, in LA. So anything could happen at this point. Did you think you could change him? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, I thought, yeah. I mean, I'll, he, always though, like from the beginning, you're like, I can change him. Mm-hmm. I can make this bad boy into a good boy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, but it's not that I wanted to be him to be a good, good boy. boy. I just, I wanted him to want me. Yeah. And it was almost like he always had me at arm's length. It was like at any moment he could just let go. You know, he's got me by, he's just got me by the skin and he could just, well, he could just let go as and I, I drop. As I've said, um, many times as an example, uh, you had him on a pedestal. Yeah. 
And when you have someone up on a pedestal who is a toxic... And he was exciting. Like, he was exciting to me. And and when they're a toxic person, that person on the pedestal is... um, Gets to be a puppeteer. Yes. And... um, because he, they're he, just doing whatever they want, and mm-hmm. that was what was kind of going on with you. Well, I think he was lonely. Anytime he got lonely and he needed companionship, and, he knew that I was the one that could provide that. Yeah. Um, and it, I was easy. I was an easy fish to to reel in. Honestly, you, I, you were what we call supply. Mm, yes, supply. That's so great. <laughs> wow, <laughs> feels really good. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Did I just did I just ruin your day? No, 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 no. Because I know that I'm not. I'm no longer that. Yeah. I was at the time, and now I'm. You know what? Like, even now looking back and just reliving this, um, it it's kind of interesting to sort of tell the story again because I've never really talked about this in its entirety. I've always just given cliff notes, but now that I'm like kind of out with this, it's it feels pretty good to talk about actually. To be honest. Um, Anyway, so, um, yeah, we, uh, we ended up getting back together. I knew it was coming. Yeah. Yeah. And, but this time, you know, there were so many flags that, you know, I would go to his apartment and there would be a hair, like a long hair in the bathroom that was not mine. Like clearly like my hair is just growing back from chemo. Like I don't have hair like, like this. There was a condom wrapper, like like a little edge of a condom wrapper that was just like on the floor and all these things I confronted him about it. Cause at this point I'm like, I don't have anything to fucking lose anymore. Yeah. Like I love you and stuff, but now I'm like, now I'm kind of just pissed off, but you know, I think it was like, I, I just, I guess I, I'm a masochist. I like pain. I like to torture myself. I don't know. But, um, so every time it would just be like, well, I don't know, maybe that's my sister's hair because I was with my sister and I gave her a hug and maybe her hair fell off, off me and into the bathroom or something. Or like that condom wrapper, man, it's from way before you and I got back together, way before. So I'm like, why is it here now? Like, oh, because I was cleaning up and it just must have fallen off, you know, off the table or something. Or I don't know. I swept it off. And goddamn, like you'd think at this point, like I would just be, you know. I'd just be like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm out. Um, you know, and then, uh, we, you know, we'd go out. It was Raptors were in the, you know, in the playoffs last year and, and everything was so exciting. And we were at a bar one night and this happened twice in a row. Actually, when we went to, we went to go see a game and he exploded on me. He just, for no fucking reason, just lit up like, and, and I was talking to this girl and, um, She's a lesbian. And I remember her being there from the last time we were there. And, you know, we were friendly and we're talking. And um, when the Raptors won, um, I gave her a hug before him. And he's just like, what the fuck was that? I'm like, what do you mean? And he goes, she was all over you. She was all over you. And you hugged her. And, like, you hugged her before you hugged me. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? And I was like, I don't. What are you talking? It was a moment. I didn't even think about it, you know? And then I was like, I came and hugged you and we had a moment. Like, we were happy that the Raptors won. What is going on? Anyway, I was so upset. And because he's just, he's giving me this, like, it's like almost like he wanted to kill me. Like, it was scary. 
And so I was like, you know what? I'm, I can't, I can't do this. Like you're, you're scaring me and I, and I need to go. And I was, I went and I just started crying. I was like, what am I doing? And then he called me and he said, I'm so sorry. I don't know what that was. Please come back. Please come back. And I did. And he hugged me and he's like, I don't know what happened. He's, he's just, I was just, it was the moment and it, everything was really overwhelming. And I just, I reacted and I'm sorry. Okay, fine. A few days go by. The next Raptors game comes on and we're at that bar again. The place is just erupting. It's way over capacity. We've got some other friends there. Um, what bar? Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Great spot. Yeah. Awesome spot. Yeah. But this place is just like, there's no, we're all just like sausages in a can. Oh, it's, it's pretty small. It is yeah. small. But when you factor in the Raptors playoffs and... It's small to begin with. Yes. Yeah. So we're sort of just stuck. People are just like hitting us, going back and forth, back and forth. We're sort of standing between the, like, you know, between the bar and then this other wall behind us. And there's just really no room to move. Um, yet people are just bumping into us, trying to get by and go to the bathroom and all this shit and get drinks. So, um, friend who I've mentioned before, um, nearly gets into a fight with this guy who's at the bar who thinks that his friend is stealing his seat. So, they're going at it and then steps in and you don't, you don't have to put your hands or your mouth by saying his name. Cause I'm going to cut it out, okay. but I'm going to leave me talking about it. Saying it. Be, <laughs> you're, you're so horrified right now. <laughs> no, like, <laughs> you're so scared. Oh my God. That's funny. Um, he's gonna know. <laughs> um, so he steps in and I just kind of go like, Everybody just calm the fuck down here. Like, we don't need to do this. We're all having a good time. And I'm like, you know, you don't need to, to step in here. They're dealing with it. And I'm like, holy, again? Like, we're going to do this again here? Same bar? Like, what the hell? So I just looked at him. I'm like, you can't, you can't talk to me like this. And I was like, what is your deal, man? And um, so I just, uh, I just sort of... I got quiet and the game was still on and I'm like, I'm not leaving. I need to watch the rest of this game. So I just ignored him for a bit. And, um, you know, every time there was sort of a break in the game, I would kind of look at him and they'd be like, you can talk to me now. And then he'd be like, I can't, I can't talk to you right now. And then he'd just be like, shut up. And I was just like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, what am I, what have I done? Like, what have I done? And, um, so then the game ends He's calmed down a bit and he looks at me and goes, I don't know what the fuck just happened, but I thought I was going to hurt you because I, I was about to hit you. And, um, he's like, I'm, I'm really scared right now, like about what's happening to me. And, uh, he's like, I don't even know, like, I don't even remember like what I just did, but I know it was bad. And, um, I'm like, well, I remember do you want me to tell you? <laughs> like, I can recite it to you if you want. Reenact it um, in reverse, if you like. I didn't say that, but I was thinking it. So, um, we ended up watching the next game, like, just at home. You know? And I'm I'm trying to, you know, as much as I should have just been like, okay, I'm done. I, I, 
I wanted to help him, you know, like I was just like, I need, you know, we need to get you some help or something. Like I'm doing my part. I've started, you know, I'm on, I'm on antidepressants now. Like I'm seeing a therapist, you know? Um, so yeah, we saw that game and then the next day, uh, he had lunch with his family and, uh, said, bye, said, bye. I'll talk to you later. And then I texted him later and I was like, how was your lunch? There was no response. And he just didn't, he just didn't get back to me. And I was like, are you okay? Like, what's going on? And, um, yeah, he just, he, it's like he ghosted me. You got ghosted? Mm-hmm. Like you never spoke to him ever again? That was it? Yep. Yeah, I tried calling him. I tried, I, yeah, I was texting him. I was like, just, well, it, I thought that th- that's what was happening. And basically that's what happened. But I... I finally just said, you know, like, just tell me that you're okay and that you're not dead. And then he goes, yeah, I'm okay. That's it. And that. Yeah. And then, and then I just kept trying, trying to like get to him. Like what, like what, just, just tell me what's going on. And he's like, I'm sorry. I can't do this. And I was like, okay. And then that was the moment. That was the moment that I was just like, fuck this. And I unleashed, I unleashed some really harsh shit on him like just by a text i was like you're a fucking piece of shit i was like you deserve you like you deserve to go to hell like for everything that you've done to me and i'm like i know i'm just as guilty because i you know i kept coming back but like holy fuck like you are you're a piece of shit (laughs) and um anyway and then you know what like that for me, I felt like this weight was finally lifted for me. And that was it. So at that point, like he became, he, he was off the pedestal. You, you yeah. put him back even. I threw him in the dirt. Because <laughs> that's pretty crazy. Like after 10 years that you pretty much just got ghosted by a text. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, so that happens the next day, are you okay? Mm-hmm. And, and you feel fine. Yeah. Did you? I was angry. Yeah. I was angry, but I wasn't. I did not shed one tear that oh, time. Okay. I didn't cry. I, I just, I just was like, you know what? This is. I think my body. I think my my mind, my heart. Everything was just like, this is it. Like you can't go through this anymore. Like this is. If, if you do this, you're gonna die. Mm-hmm. Like either he's gonna hurt you. Or you're going to kill yourself. Pick your poison. Yeah. So I just was like, that's something inside me just went, this is enough. Mm-hmm. And you you need to move on. And so you're out of that and you've been out of it for a year. Just over a year. Just yeah. over a year. Yeah. So within that time, were you able to reflect on all of the things that occurred and look at it in, I guess, the sense of, did I love him in the first place? Was this love? Or was it lust? Or was Was it, it, was it infatuation? Was it, I don't know. I I honestly, I don't know. Um, And when you see him, do you, or did you ever try and analyze what is it? that he got and did you see it as um 
he just needed someone there to fill a hole. And I think so. Yeah. If I'm going to be crude and, and rude about it, that it could have been anyone and it just happened to be you. I think for him, he saw me as this little, like he saw me as kind of like a baby. Like he saw me as this, this little dove, you know, and that like, I don't know. I, he needed to, he needed to help me or something, or he needed to bring me up. But it, really what he was doing was he was, he was bringing me down. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he, he kept using the, the term neoteny. What is that? So that's like, I have this childish, like, ch- or not childish, childlike sort of look and effect on him that makes him sort of like, it puts his guard down and it's like endearing to him. Like, and he, he always had this thing where he would say, I have so much empathy for you. I have so much empathy for you. And I, I never really understood what that meant. Like, yeah, like he couldn't. I don't know. I don't know what that meant, but I was like, okay, whatever you say. <laughs> but it's a weird. It's I have so much empathy because you talked about a dove and you know the way he l- thought of you, like as a as a purity of yeah, some like sort. A, like a, like I was fragile in some way, and like yeah. But at the same time, like if I was so fragile, why did you try to like break me down so much? And um so I don't know. Maybe I was an like, easy an easy target. I, I, empathy is not. I think came out of the, uh, his mouth. Um, uh, he used empathy, but I think what he really meant was pity. Would you? Would that be fair? Maybe, but I, I don't know why. It's not like I was a weak person. I became weak when I was with him. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I was never a weak person, but I feel like being with him did weaken me. Mm-hmm. And as far as your self-esteem and everything like that after it was over, um, did that come back right away? Yeah. Oh, it did? Oh, yeah. No, I I honestly, I was just like, I felt like a million bucks. Finally. I don't know why, but uh, I got into dating. I was just like, I'm going to get on Tinder. I'm going to get on Bumble. And I just, honestly, I've just been having fun. I've been having fun for the first time in a very long time. 10 years. Yeah. In 10 years. Not to say that I didn't have fun with him in that 10 years during that span. There were fun times, especially when we were in California. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I finally like really know like who I am now and it's a great feeling. So so for uh, people who are listening, um, I guess words of wisdom of you know what you've <clears throat> been through um, for other people that might be going through the same thing. Um, gosh, I don't know because it's it's so it's so everybody's different, right? It's it's um, just don't doubt yourself. Like don't doubt your instincts. When you see a red flag, when you see a sign, don't ignore it. Don't ignore it. Just at least confront it. At least confront it and and be honest with yourself um, and and demand honesty from from someone who claims to love you. Um, and don't yeah, don't take any shit. 
<laughs> just have have respect for yourself i guess is is my thing because you know what i lost a lot of that i lost the respect for myself and my own like my own dignity i think just like went out the window and uh yeah, I think I think now that I've gone through that, I'm very much more aware of the type of person that I deserve and that I should be with at some point, whenever if that ever happens. Um, but I think I can say confidently that you know when I do find that person, like I'm not going to take any shit because why should I? You know. Mm-hmm. Well, Raina. <laughs> You know that show Nashville? I've never seen that show. <laughs> it's country about a country star, and her name is Raina James. Oh, <laughs> I don't. Well, Raina. Well, Raina. Thank you for being on the show oh, today. Thank you so much. It feels good to to actually get it off my chest. So well, I'm glad we could help. <laughs> and I'll, I'll thank st- y'all for listening, <laughs> everyone. Thank you. Just really, thank you from uh, the bottom of my heart for coming on the show today. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. And, you know, the coffee shop meeting uh, this morning was uh, serendipitous. Yes, definitely. Um, And I know there there will be some people from the coffee shop who will be listening to this episode. Yeah, (laughs) probably. Yeah. You know what? That's fine. A lot of them know my story anyway. Well, not the full story, but they know. They know parts of it, so... So, um, I have nothing to hide. All right. <laughs> so it's all good. And so, yeah, th- uh, thank you. And, uh, hopefully, um, we might do a follow up episode to see how you're doing. Maybe yeah. we'll have you on, on our Patreon doing hopefully, some- hopefully, uh, not, um, because of another yeah. <laughs> narcissistic situation. Yeah. <laughs> I hope not. Yeah, me too. Fuck. So, so everyone who is listening, I hope you have a good night.